0: Does anyone else need a cocktail? I am on the inside, like oh my god. <laughs> you are, you are just an A plus host. I tell people it was something like mother of alcohol, breaker of hearts. <laughs> I only drink hard alcohol when I have time to contemplate my entire existence. You know. So I'll start us off by. Uh, introducing our guest today. I am joined by Annie Clark, who you may know from the notorious Canadian. I was gonna say sitcom, but it's not a sitcom. Drama? <laughs> like yeah, teen drama. It's like a it's soap. Kinda, yeah, it's like a CW kind of soap opera. Um, Degrassi, were you on the next generation? Was that your yes? Okay, the, next the Degrassi generation. Next Generation, who was the infamous Fiona Coin. That's right. Do you want to give yourself a little bit of an introduction? Yeah, so
1: as you said, I'm Annie, Um, I'm an actor, which is funny to even say, like, that's something I've been saying for, like, over a decade about myself, but um, it seems weird to say when you're not, like, actively working these days, but this year's been weird, Um, and yeah, I live in Toronto currently, I split my time usually between LA and Toronto, what else, I'm 28, Getting your um, BA and getting my BA I'm I'm from here um
0: and what yeah what else can I really say about myself that's, that's all well, I got right now well we can get into it I mean that's a good introduction I think that gives you everyone a good background first things first though I do have to address the cocktail of the episode again you guys are probably used to this by now I'm recording remotely so Annie's on Zoom. She's using her AirPods and yeah, hopefully you can hear. Hopefully. And so I could not make her a cocktail once again, alas, but I made myself one and it's a whiskey sour. And do you have anything that you're drinking right now? Ooh,
1: I have just a very simple tequila soda. I love wine. that. It reminds me of like, this was my drink when I would go out to the bar. So <laughs> the, it's like, and I haven't, I don't think I've had one this entire time. And it's like, you know, when those like certain smells and tastes just take you right back. Like I yes. pictured myself in a fun, like crowded bar. Oh, my God.
0: <laughs> fun, crowded bar. You're basically at Gracie's <laughs> in 2010. Like, uh, So I made a whiskey sour today. And I actually, okay, I have to admit something, though. I'm scared of raw egg white in drinks. It, it really freaks me out. I, I yeah. Don't know why. I have a like perpetual fear of food poisoning. So that's probably what it is. Because like, I don't know. It's weird. So I actually kind of cheated. Wait, is this like a whiskey? Is this thing. about a dumb question? No. Go do for whiskey it. sours normally have egg whites in it? Like the actual cocktails do. If you're getting them at the bar, they, they don't so like okay. I didn't know that they did until I was probably like 22 which is embarrassing but I like they they <laughs> shake your head just like fuck <laughs> so they do like it's like any know. any traditional sour I think you like shake it so it's get it gets really frothy it's like how you like whip egg white to yeah. make meringue so the one I made uh is a whiskey sour but I'm the recipe just said to make it with bourbon, so I did. It's very bourbon-y. I like whiskey more than bourbon. And then it's lemon juice, simple syrup, which is – I made – it's super easy. It's one part water, like boiled water, and one part sugar. And then you just stir it until it's done. And then egg white. And you can garnish it with bitters. I did not have bitters, so it didn't look pretty. But I put a little lemon wedge on it for all the photos that I took. Um, yeah, so you in sours wow. – Sours traditionally have egg white. So you like dry shake them with all the ingredients. Um, With dry shake means like you don't have ice and then they froth mm-hmm. and then you add ice and shake them more. You have to shake them for so long and then they get like fluffy. I can... had no idea. I know. And so it actually looks cool. It's like a beautiful look, but it really freaks me out. And I was like, I'm gonna make it with egg white and so I made it, I made it with my dad and I made the one with egg white and I was like, I can't drink it. I can't, like I tried it and it was tasty and like smooth and creamy, but I was like, I just like in my head, I was like, I have you to make get that out of egg. your head. I know, I don't know why. So yeah, hopefully I'll i overcome have, that. I've
1: had drinks with egg white and they were amazing,
0: but yeah, it's good. I
1: feel like, but I feel like it's something where someone else needs to make it and you can't see the ingredients going into it. Like if you crack yeah. an egg and you see that going into your lovely, alcoholic beverage how are you going to get that image out of your head but if someone else does that and you just know there's egg white then it's tastier I think yeah
0: I completely agree I don't know I like maybe someone needs to make it for me where I'm gonna have to have like a mixologist come on the show to make me the gin sours and stuff where I like can't see the egg white because it was it was really good and like has a really nice texture but I just like couldn't do it so I'm drinking it without the egg white and it's tasty as fuck so you're in school right now, you're doing a bachelor's degree. Um, why don't you give the Coles notes on what you're up to right now? Presently. Sure. Um,
1: yeah, so I'm still working on my undergrad. So since I had kind of like an unconventional high school experience, I did graduate on time with my classmates and everything, but I didn't go to school right away. And then when I was 20, I got into U of T and I was like, okay, I'll start And then I realized I still was way more focused on the acting thing. So I talked to my advisor there and she was like, it seems like this is not where you want to be right now. I love this woman so much because she was, she took all the guilt away from me about wanting to leave school for a bit. And she was like, why don't you come back when you're more focused and whatever. So I didn't go back to school for four years. I was like, doing the acting thing and then four years later I came back and I met with her again and she was so pumped that I came back because she was like so many people I had that conversation with like never return so in 2016 I came back and I did like a semester at a time and I would go to LA for half the year too so I wouldn't do school when I was there only when I was in Toronto and then this year when everything turned remote I was like this is my opportunity to get
0: this done because I can do it from anywhere so I am in the home stretch. So the half the year you spent in, spend in LA, how many years have you been doing that for? Since 2014,
1: but I was 21 when I first went out to LA Yeah, and I, I would wasn't there. I was there for like four months the first time. And then every time I would go back, I would stay a little longer. Yeah. And, um, I was just like on a visa there and then I decided to go for my green card which I got, and the intention, I'm sure we'll get into this, but the intention was to move there um, indefinitely, which is what I did, and then here I am back in Toronto because we all know how that worked out. (sighs)
0: Yeah. So (laughs) uh, I actually do want to hear about your green card, but speaking about LA, would you go down for what's called pilot season? Yes. Can you speak to like what pilot season is a little bit for people who may not know?
1: Yeah. So it, it, I feel like now it's more of an older school thing in the industry because the streaming and everything um, it's just network TV isn't what's running the industry anymore. Um, But it used to be a thing that between January and end of March was called pilot season. So it's when all of the, pilots for networks which is like if you don't know what a pilot is it's like the first episode of a show so it's usually they will cast and shoot uh the first episode of a show and try to shop that around to networks who will then decide if it gets picked up and order a full series of the show so um that was always the busy time for auditioning for those because they would usually shoot them in the spring and shop them around in the summer to be bought to be on the air by fall so um yeah so it was just a busy time in the industry that's when everyone was casting it's also a great time as a Canadian to be out in LA because like Winter. January to March is yeah. the worst time but as soon as I got out there I realized it's super hard to get any work if you don't have your papers like if you don't have a visa or green card or something the chances are just way less that they're gonna take a chance you. on you and hire you. Yeah.
0: Um, so <laughs> you said you've been acting for about 10 years. So thinking back that started in high school, which is like you said, a little bit unconventional for a normal four years of high school. And that's when you were cast in Degrassi next generation. Mm-hmm. What yeah. year did, what I year actually did you actually started mean? when I
1: was like 13?
0: Oh, really? um,
1: I, yeah. So yeah, well over a decade now. Um, and I was under, grassy I got cast when I was 16 like right like a month before my 16th birthday
0: how did you end up with an agent was it like something that just kind of fell into your lap did you get scouted what happened there
1: yeah also an unconventional story there which it's kind of hard because I have a lot of people ask like oh how do I get into acting or how do I get an agent or whatever and I just it happened to me like it did kind of fall in my lap Um, So I don't still don't know anything about the normal way of going out and getting an agent. But I had a friend from camp, who was an actor, and I've wanted to be an actor my whole life. Like that's all I ever wanted to be when I was little. And my parents would always say like, okay, no, like, I did little after school theater and stuff like that. But they wanted me to be old enough to realize what I was getting into. They didn't want me to do it when I was too young. So I. I would always ask them like, oh, can I get an agent? And my parents would say, oh, we can't afford it. And I'd be like, oh, okay, that sucks. And then I found out you don't have to pay for agents. They just take a cut of what you make. So then once I figured that out and came to them with that, they're like, okay, she's actually serious about it. I had a friend at camp who was an actor and I thought that was the coolest thing ever. And his mom is actually a big casting director in Toronto which I didn't know at the time. And I guess I was always like asking him questions about being an actor and stuff. Anyway, he was from Toronto too. So we would hang out when we were back from camp. And then his mom said she would audition me for a like family channel movie that she was casting. So it was like a one line thing. So for sure, at the time I was like, this is crazy. I have a real life audition. But at the time she was probably like, literally any kid could say this line. So she ended up casting me in that. And that was my first time on like a real set and everything. And from then on, I was like, this, this game over. So from there, I uh, I did acting classes and stuff. And then um, the acting teacher at the school that I went to said, like, I had a meeting with him at the end of the year. And he was like, you should have an agent. And he just called a bunch of agents that he knew and set up meetings for me. I just interviewed with them. And then I just picked the one I wanted and, I was with that one until last year. And then I have a new one now.
0: Wow. So you had such a long relationship with them based on your acting coach helping you out. That's so sick.
1: I know. No, it was super long. And that was like, that was great. He, the agent at the time was like the guy who had all the people on Degrassi. So he was known for sort of getting his talent on Degrassi. And then when I was, moving to LA we decided to go our separate ways because he's super focused on the industry here and I was wanting to do something new then when I came back I was like I don't know it's weird having the same agent as when you're younger because I felt like it was hard for him to see me as like a grown-up woman now so I like having someone who's meeting me now and not when I'm like 14 years old
0: I mean there's been a like from Degrassi to now been a really big growth in your life like like we were saying, it's been almost a decade of acting. So a lot of change in that time. I'm sure a lot of change. Did you find it difficult finding a new agent? No, (laughs) I just,
1: (laughs) well, like, I mean, yes and no, I, I did in a way because I knew exactly what I wanted out of my relationship with my agent this time. Um, I wanted it to be completely different just because I had only experienced one type of agent client relationship for this entire time um so I really like I I wanted a woman um and like kind of younger and I ended up going with someone who's like a little bit newer in the industry and really like hungry and we're we're like similar in age and I just felt like I wanted someone to vibe with a little more
0: yeah for sure I mean that's quite a journey like now I imagine because like you're saying, knowing what you want is really important. And also, I feel like there's a lot of trust that you want for your agent because there's a lot of, I feel like there's so much nudity in movies and TV now. Like it's like such an expectation. Like I was watching Bridgerton and I was like, this is just porn. Like this is ridiculous. (laughs) And so I imagine like it's probably easy to feel pressured by someone when they're like, this is such an amazing gig, but you're like, I don't want to do full frontal nudity. Obviously, that's an exaggeration of like...
1: But being able to just like feel comfortable talking... Yeah, saying when you're uncomfortable about something or just saying like, this doesn't seem like me. I don't see myself in this project or like it doesn't seem like... I just feel really comfortable talking to her about that. and just, I think because we're close in age, she just will find things for me that I see myself in as well. I, I feel like she sees me how I see myself rather than like an older man who's known me since I was a kid sees me.
0: Yeah, you know? definitely. And um, just like you were saying, like everything's changing in terms of like the pilot season and streaming and network TV. Like everything is so different. Like there's just, it's just it's changing
1: everything up.
0: Yeah, for sure. And
1: it's- I wanted someone who was going to be receptive to the fact that I may just pick up and move to LA. Yeah. And they would have to be cool with that. So that is good. <laughs> if, if it works for me, then it works for them. So I don't see why anyone <laughs> would ha- like have a problem with me booking something in LA. But
0: Yeah. Also, that's like where the most of the industry operates. So I feel like that's kind of expected. Mm-hmm. like if you get LA, they're like, fuck, yeah, you got a job in LA. Let's go. Do you mm-hmm. have like a favorite film or project or set that you were on in your life? Is there one that like sticks out in your mind? Yeah. I mean, other than
1: Degrassi, because like that would, that's obviously the most, like, that was the most formative experience for me. And it was so long and it was like my first real thing. So that will always be the most special, but. Yeah.
0: How many years were you on Degrassi? The thing,
1: um, four seasons. Okay. But like five years in total of like from start to finish. But other than that, the movie I did, um, right after Degrassi it was like the first thing I got after Degrassi was called Solo and that was one of the best experiences it was just so cool it was like a fir- my first real movie set and I was the lead which on Degrassi I was a lead but it was an ensemble, car- or, uh, ensemble cast so you know you're one of 10 people so yeah. this was cool because I was like, the lead and I was in every single scene and it was a thriller horror movie and it was a super collaborative process. Everyone was pretty young on the movie. We actually went up north and shot at like an actual camp. So we all lived in cabins and it it felt like camp, but I was getting paid and I was shooting movie. (laughs) It was so fun. And
0: what would can you give us a little like preview about what the movie's about? Yeah. It's um so
1: I'm a camp counselor and this is a real thing. Okay. So have you heard of like a, someone doing a solo.
0: Oh yeah, where they do, where they like canoe. Where you have
1: to like go alone. Like you have to like go, well, every camp does them a little differently. At yeah. my camp, you had to go for the day. I don't think you had to stay overnight. But for the purpose of the movie, my character had to go to an island that the camp owned across the lake and spend two nights on the island by myself before I could be a counselor. So I just had to prove that I could- camp really well I yeah. guess. <laughs> and um so I'm on an island alone and then there's a creepy man of course Ooh. and and then he wants to get me for whatever reason but there's also like you're wondering if there's a supernatural element or is it just the creepy man why is Ooh. the man trying to get me so it's like me trying to escape from him the entire time
0: is it scary it's pretty scary, but it's good. Oh my God. I cannot watch horror movies, but I read every Wikipedia like synopsis. I'm and all also <laughs>
1: really, I get scared so easily. I don't like horror movies either. Um, but it's weird when you shoot one, you don't think it's scary. So I was kind of like, I, I was proud of the movie, but I was like, oh, this probably isn't scary. And all of my friends who have seen it say it was legitimately scary.
0: Did so. you think it was scary when you watched it? No. No. <laughs>
1: Maybe not you- there was
0: a few like,
1: yeah, there were a few like pop out moments like with the music and everything. I was yeah. like, oh, this is this is good. They made these moments. But there's a when my mom saw it, she was freaking out because there's a moment where he's like fully we're fighting and he's strangling me and he tries to like bury me alive. And my mom could not handle seeing like obviously she knew it was a movie, but she's yeah. like, I can't handle seeing my daughter like this. Oh my god, your I poor know, mother. I know, it's really sad. It's really that's, sad.
0: Yeah, that's fucking scary. Have I you ever know, watched? I
1: should I put them through?
0: <laughs> By being in a horror Because I did a
1: movie after that where yeah. I had to do a sex scene and my poor parents had to see that too.
0: Oh my god, so tell I'm- me about that.
1: Being an actor. <laughs> <laughs> what was I the movie called?
0: Naked. It was called Teen Lust. Teen Lust. <gasps> I do, I remember <laughs> when you did this one because my sister told me that Judy from Sky Spy Kids isn't it, isn't he? Yes. Yeah, da- yeah. yeah Daryl yeah. is his name Daryl.
1: Yeah, Daryl Sabera. He's yeah, he's married he one- to Megan Trainer now. Oh, they have a baby, don't they?
0: Yes. Are you are you friends with Daryl still?
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, that's so nice. I mean, like
1: on Instagram, congrats on your yeah. baby. <laughs>
0: but yeah,
1: we were super tight during that movie. Um, was he the one you did the sex yeah, scene? So with? We shot- no, he uh. was the friend okay it was like the main guy and then daryl and i were like the best friends but i oh. in that movie i was the best friend that the main guy realizes he's in love with at the end you know like friend oh. zone to love
0: yeah totally um, so
1: i wasn't naked disclaimer okay but there was gyrating G- what a <laughs> weird choice like it <laughs> So my poor parents had to uh, watch that at the premiere and uh, yeah that sucked well, what were they going to do not see the whole movie you know I'm not in that many movies my parents <laughs> got to come check it out
0: <laughs> so fair
1: also at least like yeah.
0: you weren't naked it wasn't like yeah peaking. oh my god if
1: I was naked I'm sorry no they're not coming so, like, but
0: put your iPod in at the last scene mom <laughs> Don't. <watch. laughs> was it weird filming sec- a sex scene um, yeah. Yeah, fair.
1: yeah, I mean there's nothing sexy about it. Kind of like when you're filming a scary movie, there's nothing scary about it.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, you said there's nothing sexy about it. Have you ever had an on-screen kiss where there was a little heat? Well, on
1: Degrassi, my character was a lesbian. So, right. No. And my <laughs> girlfriend like on Degrassi is one of my best friends in real life. Um, and that's how we actually became friends we lived together in LA Um, and yeah so that we would always laugh about because people like fans of the show were obsessed with the fact that we were friends in real life too and they would always be like oh maybe they're actually a couple but (laughs) we weren't we would actually be like shooting a scene where we'd be making out and then they would yell cut and then we'd be like anyway so what should I text him back because blah blah, blah, blah. like we would be talking about our boy problems in between so not really on and did I kiss someone else in solo I didn't kiss anyone and then the sex scene wasn't sexy you're telling me you didn't make out <laughs> with the creepy
0: band from solo after he tried to bury you alive I know know. spoiler alert and it wasn't steamy (laughs) I can't believe it I'm waiting
1: I'm waiting to do a movie with Leonardo DiCaprio disclaimer I think he's (laughs) kind of yucky yeah that's fair I mean (laughs) he's definitely not in his prime but like you know when people are just like forever in your heart like he was the first Man, I felt feelings for like, I remember (laughs) the moment of being like, what is this? When I saw him in Titanic, like 1997, Leonardo
0: is like, God's gift to planet. Earth. Oh, my
1: God. So So that feeling will never leave me when I look at him. You know,
0: I do. Yeah, I have a few of those, but they didn't age like I bet he's weird.
1: And I'm also like way too old for him, which is hilarious.
0: Have you ever had like a crazy oh my God, this is my life moment. Like something ridiculous happened to you where you're like, am I famous? Um, it
1: would happen a lot more than like in 2011 to 2013. Okay, actually, I have a good moment that just came to mind. Yes. Um, when a season of Degrassi was coming out, I don't remember, I think it was season 11. You know what Bloor Street sta- or Bloor Station, um, subway station? Yeah. They'll sometimes do ads everywhere. So they didn't tell me that they were doing this huge marketing campaign for Degrassi. And someone messaged me being like, Oh, I saw your face all over Blur Station. And I was like, what are you talking about? And I thought maybe there was like a poster or something. Yeah. And I went to Blur Station. I will send you the pictures after this. Oh my god. And and it was like the kind of ad campaign where it's going up the steps. It's like a mural. And it was a bunch of us, but I was like at the front of it. So (laughs) I have a picture of me like standing in front of this wall. That is like my face this big. (laughs) And they didn't even tell us that that was happening. So that was a moment where I'm like, okay, that's crazy. That, especially in the city where you grew up, I just was like, this is insane. That that I've been coming to the subway station my whole life. I never thought my face would be on it. Also Floor station, popping station. That's where everyone transfers to the East Oh and West. yeah. That is like <laughs> no, the busiest. You know. Otherwise, like for people recognizing me and stuff, that was more of a slow burn. Like I it's just like you're joining such a an institution at that point. Like I grew up watching Degrassi. I was a huge fan of it. But it was kind of cool when that was then happening to me. Cause I'm like, oh, I know what kind of recognizable I am to you. And I just remember seeing Degrassi people out in the wild and then it was funny to think that I was one.
0: Cause a lot of people like just went to high schools with all of us, like. Especially before
1: like earlier seasons, the ones that I watched, the kids weren't even necessarily actors or they were like just starting out. Uh, Degrassi pretty known for picking people who are not super polished yet or really set in their careers. So it was like one of my first jobs. They really take a chance on new actors, which is great because they're fine with you figuring it out yeah. <laughs> on their TV show, Yeah, which is rare.
0: So being your like first time, one of your first times on set, did you ever have any like really bad fuck ups or something?
1: Yeah, <laughs> uh, especially at first, like especially in the first season. I can't even watch clips or episodes from that because I'm just clearly so nervous And I developed this thing because my character had to cry a lot. If I couldn't muster that and I wasn't getting it right, I would get so mad at myself that I would start crying. So like, I always kind of knew that I would have to fuck up a certain amount of times to get to where I actually wanted to be for the scene. And I think that pressure actually really helped me in a way. Um, And I actually, when we shot that Degrassi takes Manhattan movie, that was at the end of my first season. And I don't think I'd been doing particularly well that season. Um, And they gave me this huge role in the movie. And I was like, what the hell? And I ended up doing pretty well in it. (laughs) And Later, like years after I'd been on Degrassi, I was talking to one of the directors at a party. And (laughs) we were kind of like drinking and stuff. He was definitely like drunk when he said this to me. But he was like, yeah after the first season we weren't so sure about you <laughs> I was like what because <laughs> I knew that too he's like but then after the after like your performance in the in the movie then we were like yay this is what we saw in her from the beginning so oh. it was so funny because I felt that that was happening and it was and whatever at this point it had been so long and he was probably just being like remember you when you were 16 yeah but it was funny that he actually said that <laughs>
0: That's so he's cute. He's like, yeah, I don't
1: know about you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> at least they like watched you grow. They're probably so proud of you by the end. Seeing your yeah, career flourish. and like the
1: fact that he's like, yeah, the fact that he's like, once I did it and I kind of let go, he was like, I knew that she had something. Like we saw it at the beginning. Yeah. I just was too nervous at the beginning.
0: So since Degrassi, you've been in a few features and I've seen, obviously, like I said, I was stalking your IMDb page. Are you superstitious at all?
1: um yes but not with acting
0: no so I was gonna say is there any like crucial stuff you bring to audition or like
1: okay that's interesting that I guess maybe I used to be way more when I started every audition was like important to me you know it was like oh my god I have this audition that's a big thing I'm doing this week I'm gonna put all of this energy into it and I'm gonna really like think that I'm gonna get it and then once you do literally a thousand auditions that you don't get you learn to just be like I treat them like going to class now or something it's like okay I have class at this time and then I have the audition and truly once I send it out I never think about it again but I remember the times when I'd be like oh well I could still hear back from that audition because you know it's not shooting till this month and blah blah blah. but now like you just have to forget about it and the times I've forgotten about it. And then I randomly get a call being like, Oh, yeah, you booked that thing. It's like such an amazing feeling, rather than keeping tabs on all the stuff you wish you had booked. I feel like I used to be way more precious about the things I would go out for. And then I just realized like, that's gonna make you sad. (laughs) If you think that you're gonna book everything that you audition for. But I am superstitious. I really hate flying. I hate flying too. So I'm really superstitious about that. If I know I have a flight coming up or something and I hear anyone say anything about like a flight gone wrong or a crash, I like stress that it's, I heard that too close to my flight is one. Two, I need to have like good vibes all day. Like I can have one ounce of negativity. <laughs> this sounds weird too, but like I need to have like extreme gratitude. Like I need to go like, wow, I'm so lucky I get to fly on a plane. I'm so lucky I get to go where I'm going. Isn't this great that I get to do this? Because I don't know. I think that just puts me in like a better mood that yeah, and like, I think that the universe isn't going to crash the plane of the girl who's like, <laughs> wow, I'm so lucky. <laughs> and, and I can't listen to any song that has anything like dead in it, like death or So, like, one of my favorite Drake songs is Over My Dead Body. If that comes on shuffle, no, 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 no. Like, skip, skip, skip. (laughs) I can't see the word dead. (laughs) And also, I have to say the same thing in my head as we're taking off, which I'm honestly not even going to say because this is the part where my friends were like, you
0: need help. You know, uh, I'll tell you what uh, I say every time the plane takes off. I say, I literally okay. say the Lord's prayer every single time. Like the one from church, like oh, our really? father, every time. And I have this thing where if I say, I don't it two know that, times,
1: but maybe I should try it.
0: I literally, Annie, I do this thing where it's every time it takes off. I always do it. Cause I think I saw my mom do it when I was growing up. If I say it two times, I'm like, Oh no, it they canceled each other out. I have to say, another.
1: Oh, I know that feeling. I'm like, if I... I start and something distracts me. I have to start over again. I need it to be one thing. <laughs> I this won't say psychotic. the whole thing I say, but, it, but it ends with, and let us get there in one piece. <laughs> I have to say in one piece because I don't want to get there in pieces. <laughs> now my friends literally will text me when I have a flight instead of like, oh, that's my other thing. I need people to say, safe flight to me. Everyone that says bye to me has to say, safe flight. But now people will text me when I'm taking off going one piece. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm gonna have to. Honestly, you that. can leave this in. I'm not ashamed. <laughs> oh my god! Never flying.
0: <laughs> <slang? laughs> no, I don't miss it. Is there a question in interviews that is like you get asked all the time that sucks or so annoying or like something that consistently comes up that you're like, why am I being asked this? Happens yeah. a lot. Oh, let's hear it.
1: We would always get asked on Durazzi. So, what kind of pranks? you guys pull on set and we were always like who told them there's pranks like we know like and we would always laugh about getting that question because we were like are they trying to like are they getting some inside info that we're like big pranksters or something so that was always like a weird question that we got yeah and we never came up with a good answer to
0: like we were like oh it's just maybe they're like so fun we scare each other a bunch of kids on set must be pulling pranks on each other getting up to no good yeah I feel like
1: I I feel like they think yeah exactly a bunch of kids like that that they must just be playing pranks all the time we're like no we're (laughs) at work actually (laughs) um so that was always a weird question to me and then they would always ask like what me and my character have in common like who said that had to be a thing I'm an actor. I'm just acting (laughs) yeah yeah. So, like, I always had to give a bullshit answer to that because my character was like an alcoholic, rich, mean kind of girl who was a lesbian who was in an abusive relationship. Like, she went through stuff that I have not gone through in the slightest. And that's like what she was known for. So, it was, it almost felt like they wanted me to say, like, well, her alcoholism (laughs) or something so uh, that was just always a hard one because I had to come up with like oh her tenacity or something
0: (laughs) so right now you're in school and do you have plans to get back to LA post this are you auditioning much now like it's kind of like something that ebbs and flows for me like I went through a three four year
1: period of not working at all like from when I started to that dry period, I was working constantly. So that was my only experience with the industry. I'm like, Oh, this is easy. It's just like, there's always going to be something after you finish one project, there's going to be something else. And then it just suddenly stopped. And then that's when I was kind of like, oh, okay. I don't think this can be my sole focus because I'm going to feel like shit about myself. If this is the only thing I'm doing and no one will hire me. So I'm like yeah I'm like definitely more excited about it now especially I have a new agent and stuff that gave me that sort of reinvigorated me as for the LA LA thing I just don't know it's so hard to plan and yeah um it's like I live with my boyfriend here now and his job is here and it's like I don't I would like to go back because I Worked this hard on my green card, so I want to obviously use it. So uh, we'll see. I'm still deciding if I want to because I'm like, I'm really loving being home. Yeah. And even though I can do school from here, from there, I'm like, I like my little routine here. So
0: we'll see. Well, I mean, being content in your situation right now is something that is good because a lot of people are struggling, and like, whether or not you're struggling emotionally or like mentally it's good to have something that you seem like content with like like this podcast has like been something that's like great for me to work on because I'm like I'm a musician and I like you were saying earlier in the in the show or the episode like you can't work right now and it's hard to like find something to fill that void of
1: especially when it's something that's like part of your identity so you're like I'm I'm a this and then you're like oh but I don't do that I just like, it's even funny to me to be like, I'm an actor. I don't act, but I am yeah. one.
0: Yeah. Literally when you said that at the beginning, I was like, I oh did. my God, big retweet. Like I just kind of started my career. <laughs> I played like one big show and I was like, fuck. Okay. I <laughs> right know that
1: sucks basement. so much.
0: Yeah. But I, I feel I mean- like
1: especially for musicians, because like to not be able to perform, if that's what you like to do. Yeah. Like that sucks.
0: It's definitely challenging for me. Like I really like working towards something like I love having goals and like, I think maybe because like I did a lot of like musicals and stuff in high school. So it was always like the end result, you know, like you work hard for this long and then it's like, well, boom. And so being Mm -hmm. told that like we aren't allowed to do shows is like, okay, (laughs) I don't really know how to, how to like prioritize my energy and intention without having almost like a goal. And now like, I can still figure out goals, but they just look so different from everything that I'm used to that it's, it can be really challenging. Yeah.
1: And we used to just have so many things to look forward to. So it's weird to just like, I, I just feel like I used to think about the future so much more. Oh, and then this 100%. past year, I don't think about the future literally at all. Like I think about the next week or when I have an essay due, like that's yeah. pretty much as far as I think.
0: I which is nice. I, I get it. I like my New Year's resolution as uh, I'm making 100 cakes this year and that's like my every <laughs> week I have to make two cakes. And I'm like, what's the cake going to be this week? Like follow my Instagram.
1: Wait, <laughs> what? I skipped over that as soon as I, I started know. saying it. I was like, that's a lot. <laughs> two cakes a week? You have to, right?
0: <laughs> ish. It's I like,
1: love ish. that New Year's resolution. You know what? That's a happy resolution. Usually people make their resolutions out of something they don't like. I have never heard of a resolution that is so
0: joyful and (laughs) like pure fun. It's honestly really fun. And it's uh, way more therapy than I expected it would be.
1: I'm taking um, cooking chemistry this semester. You want to do my homework?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Why not? I have nothing else going on. All I do is edit these (laughs) podcasts and make videos of me making cocktails. And make cakes. And make cakes. Oh, that's leisure, though. family's so lucky. All right. Back to the good stuff. The last segment of our podcast is called Wed, Bed, Behead. I don't know if you're familiar. Wed, Bed, Behead. (laughs) Okay. It's based on, I got it because um, King Henry VIII, he had a lot of wives. And he wedded them, he bedded them, and then... Unfortunately, he, he beheaded them. them. Yeah. They, they, right. They okay. Don't. I like it. I just crossed my mind. I was like, I should do Degrassi characters. And I was like, no, that's kind of mean. Those are like her friends in real life. I shouldn't do that. <laughs> i like, I should sure throw she's... in a
1: couple. If you know, I don't know if you know Degrassi characters, but
0: if you do, I actually, I know one. Is it Drew? Is it Luke Bill- Billick? Is that Drew?
1: Yeah. Luke Billick. Yeah. Let's go. He's one of my really good friends.
0: Oh, is he? I had a huge crush on him in high yeah. school. You could tell him if you want. I have a boyfriend. Yeah, though, Luke, I would so. wed. I would wed. I would probably do the same thing as you. I'd probably marry Luke.
1: Oh, shit. My AirPods just. Will this work on here?
0: Yeah, that's okay.
1: Okay, just for the last little bit, because my yeah. AirPods just
0: died. Do you want another one? Yeah. Okay. Someone I don't know. <laughs> okay, fair. That's so fair. Okay. I'm going to do Jared Leto. Uh. Huh? Jared Leto. Oh, okay. <laughs> Who do you think I said? Giletto. <laughs> I no, no, no. Jared Leto. Jer- Jared Leto. Okay, okay. Um, Immediately behead. I'm so too What if behead. the next one I said is Steve Buscemi? <laughs> you have to... Oh, okay. I did, that for, I did that for Sam, though. It was really funny. Um, okay, Jared Leto, Leo uh, DiNardo, Leonardo DiCaprio. And... Yeah. Uh, Edward Norton. Like Fight Club Oh, okay.
1: Okay. I, I'd i probably wed him because I feel like he's like a prestigey actor. Yeah. And he's probably more normal than Leo. <laughs> and we wouldn't be in the tabloids and stuff, but he's still rich. Yeah. I would bed Leo even though he would wear headphones. <laughs> <laughs> and then... And then I would behead Jared Leto. No shade. He probably also is a nice person, but no, not my vibe.
0: Fair. I am such a toss up between beheading Jared or Leo because I'm not attracted to either of them. I'm actually not really attracted to any of these guys, but I agree with you about Ed Norton. And I do think he's a really good actor and he probably still gets royalties from Fight Club and like, the Hulk and stuff, like crazy. I think, yeah, Is that' a thing. That's true. That's a thing,
1: right? Yeah, when movies
0: continue to make money. I think.
1: Okay. I wouldn't I know.
0: <laughs> I, I heard something about <laughs> just throwing shade at yourself. <laughs> hey, I get Degrassi royalties. Do you? I get a few bucks for-
1: once in a while. That's kind of sick. I do get some checks from like things I did before Degrassi that are, like, $2.17 or something from, like, an episode of something I did in 2008. Um, yeah.
0: I think I'm going to marry Le- Leto, marry Jared Leto.
1: And bed the- Norton?
0: No. Oh, wait. No, I'm going to wed Norton, bad Jared Leto, and kill Leo. Sorry.
1: Wow. wow. Leo.
0: Yeah. Crazy. Or okay. Well, I guess I feel like I could... <laughs> <laughs> if I could like cause honestly 1997 1988,
1: Leo is like There's no one. Knows? Yeah. 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 I know I, <laughs> like, unfortunately it has to be 2021, 20, 45 year old.
0: Yeah. He's a yeah, <laughs> I don't think I can do it. Maybe I could. I don't know. I just like don't think he's that sick. Like he's an awesome actor. I think he's really good. Him and the well, departed. Yeah. I'm yeah. like pff.
1: Plus he loves the environment.
0: That's true, actually before the flood is a lit movie that's a good point i'm still gonna behead him though well thank you so much for coming on the podcast annie i really appreciate it taking the time out to let me pick your brain yeah you're the first actor on the show so claim to fame um hopefully next time uh you'll come on again when you have a big project to promote and i can actually make you a cocktail and read your tarot cards and we can have a good that time. That would be
1: amazing. Yeah, I was gonna say I'll have to come back when I have some some more stuff to say.
0: Yeah, I would love that. Well, I mean, I'm I'm happy to host anyone twice over.
1: I love this podcasting thing. It's so much more fun to talk in like a more long form way. With
0: someone. Yeah, I I honestly I have so much fun. This has been like, like my dog is trying to get a toy or something under the out I like love this like it's also it's so nice I feel like it's like one of the first times in a while I've been able to like actually catch up with someone and like have meaningful conversation which is like what I thrive on can you see the dog running back and forth with their (laughs) Yeah, it looks stressful I'm gonna let you go (laughs) so funny okay have a good night Annie thank you so much again
1: thank you so much bye okay bye